Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 306. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and coming to you from sunny Merritt, B.C. Hey, guess what? It's CFL football season. No, it's the off season. We know that. But hey, is it not exciting? There's so much going on, and like we're, what, two weeks, two, three weeks away from free agency? Wow, man, all sorts of things going to hit the fan in the next three weeks. I'm sure of that. There's so many big questions. I'm sure we're going to cover a bunch of them in the tonight in the show. I don't know. Big question marks at quarterbacks straight across the league, everybody. There isn't a team out there that doesn't really need a quarterback. And I know some people are going to say, oh, no, Hamilton is fine. And, oh, no, Winnipeg is fine. And, oh, Montreal has Manziel. Um, you know what? Everybody could do an upgrade. And uh, Mike Riley, there's not a team in the league that wouldn't do better off, wouldn't be better off without with him. <sighs> Troth mumble here. Okay, so anyhow, what are we doing? So we're getting a little bit of flack in the group because everybody says, why are you always talking about the riders? Why is everything about the riders? Well, there's a lot of shit happening with the riders right now. And if you don't like it, then I'm sorry. I, what, what can we do about it? Okay, the, the, the posts. The articles coming out right now are all about the riders. They're all about Chris Jones leaving massive vacancies in the thing. Jeremy O'Day taking over as GM. Who's the new head coach going to be? Who's going to be the DC? None of these question marks are with the Edmonton Eskimos. They're not. These question marks aren't with Toronto Argonauts. These question marks aren't with the Calgary Stampeders. All of those positions have been filled for months. It's the riders that are in total chaos. Okay. So, you know, hey, I don't know. Don't be bitching at me. What do these guys got to say? Choppy, choppy, choppy. Sorry, Charles. I got nothing. I can't do anything about it. Uh, hopefully, it's just you listening to it and not me really actually talking about it. Wow. Okay. So, uh, then you just threw my rent off. So, um, yeah. You know what? If you don't like us talking about the riders, your team shouldn't do stupid shit. And that's just the fact. And but you're gonna do shit all the time anyhow, and the fans are gonna and you're gonna get because you guys are passionate, and I don't mind passion. I just don't like passion with stupidity. Okay, stupid passion is like bad. It's very bad. So I've opened up the mics. Everybody's there. Uh, Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. Good evening. Thank you very much. So my rant was a little choppy, was it? It goes in and out. Sometimes it's a bit choppy. Sometimes it sounds just fine. Okay. Well. I'm here now, and there's nothing I can do about it. I, my mic is working. That sounds better. Yeah, so shit happens. So yep. anything new in your life? What's going on since uh, last Wednesday? You got a new car. Uh, bought a, a new car, yep. That's pretty I exciting. I got a uh, Jeep uh, Compass. It's actually very nice to drive. Yeah, and, and did you get any snow this weekend? Like heated seat. No, we did, did not. Get... No snow. Oh, okay. We, I, I, got about 10 inches of, I got about 10 inches of snow here in Merritt. And we so. got some rain. Of course you got rain. You're in the lower mainland. We know that. You knew we were going to get rain. True. 
but you know, you live kind of high up on Sumas Mountain, and uh, the Jeep yeah. Compass is probably a good thing for for them weather winter weather conditions. That was definitely part of the decision. I, I have no doubt in my mind. Yep. And, and uh, Will, you're there. Welcome to the show. You got a new car in the summertime. I got to drive in it. Well, sit in it. You drove it. How you doing? Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. It's been colder in Calgary than it's been all winter. But the nice thing about Calgary is it was minus, I don't know, 18 the other day. And by Saturday, they say it'll be plus nine. So, yeah, we've I can live been doing that. stupid things like that, too. It's not good. It, it Things thaw out and then they freeze and you got nothing but ice. It gets dangerous. It's very dangerous for the animals walking around. Um, but it's nothing like that Russia thing. Did you see that thing? Minus 63 degrees Celsius, which is minus 81 Fahrenheit. Yeah. At, at global Got warming, my ass. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not no, buying that shit. Everything's good. I just got home from work. I'm sorry to hear that. I got, I got, I got in a zone about four o'clock, and the next thing I know, I looked up and it was eight fifteen, and it's like, holy crap! I got to leave. Better get going. Got to roll. Okay. Maybe, maybe I should roll the blinds up on my window or something. Yeah, it's dark outside. Go home. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of uh, cold weather, how's winter peg, Mark? It's not too bad. It's nice and sunny. And as we like to say in, the, in Winnipeg, uh, it's a dry cold because it's only going to go down to about minus 43 with the wind chill tonight. That's not bad. Yeah, it won't be bad waking up at 4 o'clock to that one. That's t shirt weather. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Otherwise, like I say, it's nice and sunny, so I'm good with that. I'll take the sun. Yeah, okay. And uh, last but not least, Chris, how you doing up there in Grand Prairie, isn't it? Yep, yeah, we're doing the same as Calgary with Will. It's uh, going from zero plus one to minus 20 in three days, two days. <laughs> so we're in the minus 20 right now, but uh, we were in the plus two. <laughs> plus two. Wow. Hmm. Okay, so enough about the weather. That's what people talk about when they haven't got anything else to talk about. Well, we got lots to talk about. Um, let's jump right into it, eh? Because, like, why not? Uh, the Riders have named Jeremy O'Day as their new general manager. Well, duh. This guy, this is the guy who should have got the job before Chris Jones got it. And the only reason why Chris Jones got it is that's the only way they could have got him out of Edmonton. So, but they they should never have given Jones the vice president of football operations. They should have given that to Jeremy O'Day. Chris Jones needed to have somebody babysitting him because obviously he was totally fucking out of control and did all sorts of stupid things, did some wonderful things, and uh, he's now gone. So Jeremy O'Day is the new general manager. Will, is this a good thing for the riders? Um, do you want me to hit the button? I can do that. Truth be known, I truth be known, I I I really really don't care. But um, <laughs> I think Jeremy O'Day Jeremy O'Day has an inherit has inherited a bit of a mess. And I, I don't know how big a mess it is. Though he, is it really? Is it really that big of a mess? Well, okay. You know, I heard on another podcast today, and I never thought about it this way. You know, Chris Jones left, 
He did. And before he before he left, yeah, he signed all the assistants to two year contracts. Yep. Which which in the CFL are guaranteed, correct? Correct. So you know why? Number one, it's uh, I don't know why. Okay, carry on. We'll talk about why later. Everybody needs and to know this. Num- and and so number one, it's going to be hard for Saskatchewan to hire a coach because he's got to keep the coaching staff. Most a guys like to bring yeah. their own. Right. Most guys like to bring their own guys in. Yeah. Guys, well, they have we relationships. We talked about this last with. year, last week. Did we? Were you not paying attention? Remember. No, probably not. I don't listen to you very often. Um, um, Charles found that funny. Did you notice that? Anyways, um, but he left them. He left them in a mess. Not only did he leave them, but he left them with, like, you got to keep all my guys. So I don't know what they're going to do. Their best bet would be to hire Craig Dickinson and leave it at that. So, but you know. Who, whoever is going to be hired is going to be a one- or two-year term coach. He's not going to be able mm-hmm. to do anything. This team is going to flounder because the coaching staff is rock solid and they are loyal to Chris Jones and they want to run their systems that they got. And whoever comes in now who wants to change things because he's not a Chris Jones fan like La Police or anybody else um, – can't do that because he's stuck with all the little minions. So, um, yeah, Craig Dickinson is the absolute best bet for this team. I, I, I understand they also uh, interviewed uh, Stephen McAdoo, which I think is hilarious because everybody wants to have him fired. Uh, but if he ends up head coach, that would be, like, awesome. Really funny. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it would be funny. Because oh, yeah. then they, they need an compete. offensive they coordinator will, and a will. defensive coordinator. No, no, but they will compete with Montreal this year. So, anyways, well, they don't yeah, he left a bit of mess. So, that's all I can say. We'll see. They still what have the 37 do? free agents, and they haven't started signing any of them with three weeks to go. And uh, I don't know what's going on. A lot of these teams aren't doing this, and it's kind of really weird. So, okay. Mark, what do you think? On the other side, Winnipeg side of Regina. Are you laughing at the well, riders right it. now? Or are you feeling sorry for them? Or uh, do you think this is a good move? Or Jeremy O'Day being the GM? What's up? What's up? O'Day should have been the GM, like you said. He should have been the GM in the first place. Yeah. He's he knows the market. He knows all the players. He knows the systems. He should have been there in the first place. Um, why they took so long to hire him, I don't get it. But. And really, that's all you can say for it is it's a good move. Now they got to hire a coach in a hurry. Who knows that should be? Go ahead. Chris? Yeah, no, I agree with Mark. I think the coach is the, the key part. I, I think O'Day was an easy step to make. I think that it was always obvious that, that he was the, net, the who was going to move into that since he was assistant. He's been hanging around forever. He knows the market. He knows Saskatchewan. I mean, he knows what Chris Jones did because they clearly must have talked a little bit at least or at least was told what was going on, hopefully, at some level um, as the assistant. So, I mean, it makes sense. It's their best chance to try and keep some continuity and 
their other chance will be to, like we've said, hire within. I mean, whether it's McAdoo or, or Dickinson, I, I kind of hope it's not Dickinson because I like him. And I think that whoever takes over is going to have a year or two of floundering, like Christopher said, and, uh, and then kind of be forgotten. And I think Craig deserves a real chance at being a head coach in a situation that he can succeed in. And I don't think this is it. But Well, the, Craig Dickinson I is the one who can succeed the best. Yeah, but I right? don't think he'll succeed either. He's used either, to all though, of these I, people. Yeah, no, I agree. But so is McAdoo. I'd rather see McAdoo just solely because I think that, like I said, it's going to be a, not going to be uh, a stellar career move, whoever takes the head coaching job. That's all. Unless they can turn it around quick. And maybe Craig can. Maybe Craig can keep it going. So we'll see. Hopefully. Hopefully they, they're smart enough to do an internal because I think an external would be a nightmare. Just like O'Day is the right choice for GM. Well, I, I don't think there's anybody out there in, out external right now that they could get that does Nobody's going to let them touch the, their coaching staff right now. It just kind of looks that way. Winnipeg told them to fuck off, and so did Ottawa. So it, it – yep. It would have to be somebody who currently does not have a job, right? So well, Benavides keeps coming up hard, right? Well, I guess we're talking about that later. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, you're right. There's very mistake. limited. There's very limited choices, and internal makes the most sense. So, yeah, it does. Okay, Charles. Yes. Your thought on the Green Monsters. Well, it's not a very favorable situation, and uh, like you guys were saying, I think, uh, personally, I think the most sense is you stay within, much like they did with the GM. Um, I think, uh, obviously, um, uh, Jeremy O'Day was a natural fit there. He's been working alongside of Chris Jones and probably was doing a lot of the stuff uh, with Chris Jones doing his coaching stuff. Uh, so he probably should have already been the GM, like you guys are saying. As for coaching, uh, it's really um, um, this is one of those things where um, they probably should have they should stay inside because anyone coming outside uh, to coach in this situation is really not going to be in a position of strength. Like you said, all the assistants are signed to two-year deals. So they all count against the cap, so he's basically stuck with them. So it makes the most sense to me that they would go out and uh, hire Dickinson. And it's still not a a totally ideal situation, but with him already being part of that coaching um, staff, it probably makes the most sense in uh, in terms of coaching. So I think that that would probably be... That'd be the way I'd go, although I know, like, uh, we'll talk about Benavides later. And I even heard another guy that we've mentioned a few times on this show, Jerry Glanville's name, come up, that he has interest in the um, in the writer's coaching job. And he actually might be, when you think about it, he might be a an ideal guy for this situation because, let's face it, he's not a long-term fix uh, by any stretch of the imagination. He, the guy's, like, 75 years old, so... If they want just like a placeholder, basically, while these other contracts of the assistants go out, a guy like Jerry Jerry Glanville could be an ideal fit. Now, whether that's going to happen, who knows? But um, 
if if I were a betting man, I still think that the likelihood is that they go to Craig Dickinson. But again, we'll have to see. But as for O'Day, he was the natural to take over. I, I don't think anybody is surprised by his hiring. Well, just one little tidbit here. This year, we have a um, management cap, coaching and managers cap. Um, the only penalty for exceeding that is a fine, dollar dollar fine. So you know what? If you don't like the coaching staff, get rid of it. Get rid of it now. Next year, it's going to be um, that you're going to lose a draft pick if you go too far over or whatever it is. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, they do have two-year contracts, so next year they would be over too. But I really think that this new coaching cap has to take into consideration um, fired coaches. You can't include that money because what you're doing is you're penalizing the worst teams for trying to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, Calgary's not ever going to get a penalty. They're never going over the cap. They've got their coaching staff just solid. Everything is fine there. So riders need to get rid of some people, this, that, and everything else. So, you know, it just you're picking on the bad teams, and it, it's not fair. It's like Montreal right now. If they had to get rid of their entire coaching staff, manager staff, oh, wait, they do. Um, you know, you can't, you can't penalize them for that. They need to get better. They're just not going to. It, 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 it's a difficult situation, and I don't see how fired coaches could be included in the cap. I, I, I don't understand it. How does that make sense? Anybody have any thoughts on this? Well, it does make sense because if you're trying to hire, bring in new coaches and get better, but you, you're hampered by these caps, it just doesn't make sense at all because – so, in essence, the, the the guys that don't need to fire the coaches, the successful teams, benefit from this because it makes all the teams below them that much tougher to get better. So, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I agree with you. Yeah. It just, it's a dumb idea. Do you think it was just done to put in place for the CBA to try and placate players because I think the biggest bitchers about the no salary cap with coaching staffs is the players because they're under a coaching uh, under a cap. Yeah. yeah I think it was originally You know, like that, it's just a ploy to try and say, look, we're willing to work with you. We'll put the coaches under a cap too. And it's a good faith thing. And they're hoping to, to get the CBA done quicker or something. Wasn't it last year they, the players were bitching? Was it last year or two years ago that they were complaining that the um, coaches were the highest paid in the C- paid higher than the players in the CFL? And it's, guar- and it's guaranteed and all that other stuff. So maybe it's just a, a, a movement towards the negotiations. So when they sit down, they can say, look, at, we put a cap in for you. There you go. So everybody's on, on the same playing field. I don't know. It makes as much sense as anything. Well, that might and be it's what it I thought. It doesn't make sense otherwise. And that's what I thought when they when they started doing it. That's immediately what my mind went to. Is it's just it's just them trying to show the players that they're serious about dealing in good faith or trying to make it fair or whatever, without thinking about the consequences. As we've talked, that it's going to hurt the weaker teams right now. Yeah, it it, it doesn't make sense. Okay. 
That wasn't somewhere else in the agenda, was it, Charles? No. Okay. No, it was not. No. I mean, what you're probably going to start seeing now because of this is you're probably going to start seeing a lot of assistant coaches signing one-year deals. Well, yeah, because they're going to have to. Yeah, because teams aren't going to want to sign them any longer. No. Uh, let's jump right into this. Multiple controversies in the NFL playoffs last week that could have all been taken care of if they had used the CFL rules. Do these controversies help justify the rule system that we have in place in the CFL? I have no comment. Uh, who watches a silly-ass league? Will, go ahead. Well, the silly-ass league, I thought those were two pretty good football games last week. But you know what? As far as the CFL rules, they would have uh, they would have all worked perfectly last week in the NFL. And what people have been talking about for endless days now wouldn't happen. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, the other argument towards that is with, okay, so there was a couple of controversial calls that they talked about. They talked about uh, Kansas City's quarterback never getting his hands on the ball in overtime. Well, That's the one that the hell two, out of me. Well, I've got two answers to that, Okay. I mean, they talk about the New Orleans game and the shitty PI or non-PI call. Well, after something like that happens, put on your big boy pants and win the game anyways. Okay. And with the with the with the Kansas City game, stop the Patriots' offense and you'll get the ball. That's the other side of the argument. I don't necessarily disagree, but that's the other side of the argument. That simple. I mean, these guys are supposed to be the toughest mental, like mentally, they're supposed to be very tough. Well, things happen. You just make them not happen. Make the gate, make the referees a non-issue. But yeah, the CFL rules would have helped a whole bunch. Well, so from what I ahead. heard or what I read on this thing, um, who was it that played the 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 Pats? Kansas, Kansas City. Kansas City. Okay, in overtime, which they have a stupid overtime rules, but that's beside the point. I don't really like the CFL overtime rules, but I like them a hell of a lot better than the NFL ones. They had New England third and nine three times, and the defense couldn't make the stop. That is correct. You can't blame losing that game on anything but the defense. You cannot blame it on the ref. You can't blame it on the rules. You can't blame it on a coin toss. Three and third and nine, and you can't stop the fuckers three times. I don't know. That's that's ridiculous. Exactly. Put on your big boy pants and stop them. And play or football. Or big girl pants, or big, sorry, big person pants. My mistake. I, you know, I I did not watch the game. I didn't follow it. I couldn't tell you what the score is. I just know that. Patriots won, and that's the one thing that I saw. Somebody said had posted that if you've got the team down at third and nine and three times in overtime and you can't make a stop, you don't deserve to win the football game. And I have to agree 100%. 
And I mean, that was BC's big problem last year is that, you know, Hey, they, they're doing really well all game and then come to the last drive and they can't stop shit. Frustrating as all hell as a Lions fan. I'm sure Kansas city fans feel the same way, but they're finding excuses to blame it on. Well, no, I'm sorry. It was your defense. Well, the team didn't need an excuse because they fired the defensive coordinator like two days later. <laughs> and it, it, it's not a coordinator's fault. That That is pure nope. execution. Right? That is, as Will says, guys out there not putting on their big boy pants. I don't know. It's just, it's ridiculous. Okay. Uh, Chris, NFL fan, did you watch the game? Any, uh, I, I did watch the games. Okay. Uh, I don't. I really don't follow the NFL very much. I usually wait till the playoffs just because it's the playoffs. Um, I had uh, two of my boys over and we watched both games. Uh, they were entertaining enough, I guess. Uh, again, too much run in the NFL for me, but that's the way this game styled. So, um, I. I mean, you can't argue that the changes in the rules would make the outcome be different because. We know that that's true because we've done it in the CFL. So, but whether they should follow us or not, like let, let's let's be honest. You followed the game for well a long time. <laughs> I've been around the game a long time. We've all been passionate about this sport, obviously, or we wouldn't be on the podcast. And it's part of the game. Bad calls are part of the game because if you've ever refed, there's too much going on for you to catch everything. And instant replay, I don't have an issue with it. I, it, I've liked what they've done with it. I, I, I it's a, it was a worthy experiment. The alterations made sense to me. Um, you know, I, I never blamed the coaches for fishing expeditions when they had three because that's just the part of the game. If you're not trying to bend, you're not trying to win, right? You know, like I, they followed the rules, and and they've altered the rules to try and make it more smooth, and I think they have, and. I enjoy what we're doing, and can we improve? Sure, we can. And and would we be ridiculous to not think that the NFL would be in the exact same boat? Could they improve? Of course they could. Um, and there's always going to be those refing issues. But in the end, you get as many as you get. You, you, you take as many as you, you get, and and it works out in the wash. And you just can't sit there and bitch about it. You can't. And you don't see the teams doing it a lot. You know, maybe right after the game, a coach will be upset about one of the calls. And I know they'll get fined and in trouble if they, they badmouth. And so they have. But you know what? The whole world would be better if everybody took 24 hours before they bitched or freaked out about something so they could think about it and answer intelligently. Right? So the teams do that because that's the rules. But everybody else has to do the same thing. Right? Like, it sucks your team lost. I'm sorry. I really am. But you know what? They had just as much as the other teams. It could have happened against each other team, and those mistakes are going to happen, and they're going to happen for you just as much as they're going to happen against you. And like Will says, pull your big boy pants on. It's part of the game. Get over it. It sucks. Get ready for next year. Only one team can win. <laughs> yeah. That's a, it, and that sucks about it. Only one team can win. But you know what? Keep rolling. Okay. You know, who else? Mark. NFL. Um, Why are we talking about did. this on my CFL show? I don't know. Go ahead. Well, because of the refing. 
Uh, I actually liked Adam Bighill's reply to this when one of the Winnipeg reporters asked him if the CF if the NFL should start using more yeah. CFL rules, and all he said was, "How about we change some of our rules, like defensive passing the NFL rules?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was quite. I really enjoyed that. He just threw it right back at him that some rules are just bad. And the refing is the refing, like Chris said. It is. Everybody's going to blow. Now, okay, in that New Orleans game, he didn't miss one penalty on that play. He missed three penalties on the same play. He missed a helmet to helmet. He missed getting there too early and hitting before the ball got there. And he also missed, the guy never turned his head around. He just ran right through him for, from about 10 yards. He just ran right through him, never looked back once. And the ref is looking directly at him. So now all the conspiracy theories are coming out. Apparently this guy at the ref was from L.A. My favorite is somebody is actually filing a lawsuit against the NFL to have the game replayed from that uh, penalty. That's how passionate they are about their football. <laughs> but the actual, you know, like Chris said, it's penalties are penalties. They're going to be missed. Would they have helped? Yeah. But like Will said, still got to stop them. It's a crazy rule in the overtime. But I don't like, you said, Christopher, I don't like our too many games that we have. It gets to be a little long at times, if it goes the full length. So you're always going to have the missed penalties. It's always going to happen. Unless they go to what we used to have and have like five challenges unlimited. That's it. Christopher, you there? I don't hear him. Nor do I. Okay. Well, okay. Well, I'll go next for right now, and then because uh, uh, basically, um, uh, on the penalty, I think you should be able. The NFL should do the same thing like the CFL, and they should. Um, I think they they should review pass interference. I mean, that was inside. Even if it's just something that it, not even necessarily the the coach's challenge, but review it from upstairs. Because, quite frankly, that penalty should have been called one way or another, whether it's pass interference, whether it's hitting a defensive receiver, whether it's unnecessary reference. There's no excuse for that not to be called. I thought it was, um, I mean, it was so blatant that I was just shocked that it wasn't called. Um, As for the overtime, I still think there's got to be a system where each team, uh, I don't like sudden death, especially for football. Different games are different. But when you have a system, even now, that like they have in the NFL, at that point it gives too much power to the coin toss. And I know people are saying that, oh, well, you you got to be able to stop them. I get that, and I understand that, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. But at the same time, 
I still think it gives too much power to the coin toss and that uh, teams should at the very least get the, each have a ball, the ball at least once. I just think it, it's, uh, it's too much emphasis on the keypad. Uh, they should at least each have the ball. And then after that, if you want to go to sudden death after each team or a team scores and the other team doesn't, I just think it makes more sense uh, to do to where at least the teams have uh, the ball one time each, um, personally. That's how I would do it. I don't know if I'd quite go to the CFL, um, the full CFL route where, you know, it's um, um, the, the little mini games because that just seems to take forever. But certainly I think that the um, the um, – at least once they should have a ball. Well, I, I, I don't like this. I don't mind the CFL format. I just hate the concept. It, you know, I, I don't know. It's not mm-hmm. a bad concept. It just it depends on whether you, your team wins or loses, I guess. Mm-hmm. If your team loses, then nobody likes it. Right. <laughs> isn't, isn't that always what it comes down to, though, whether your team wins or loses, whether you like it or not? <laughs> pretty, pretty much, Chris, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But in that game, especially in the fourth quarter, neither defense was stopping anything. Basically, both offenses were going up and down the field uh, and scoring at the end. Now, Kansas City didn't make the stop in overtime. I still think as much as New or- as much as uh, Kansas City should have got the ball, I still think their defense should have also had to make a stop to hold the the win and not just be handed it, even though they had an awful fourth quarter. But I don't know. That's just how I thought. Okay. Who needs to go? Is that everybody? I think that it. Everybody had a turn. I don't know. I I disappeared for a bit. My grandkids all of a sudden showed up in my office and started making noise. So I put my, my mic on mute and brought them upstairs and, had to put them to bed, so I, I disappeared for a little bit, so I didn't hear who was going and what's happening and everything else, so so be it. Let's move on. I'm tired of this shit anyhow. So, this 10-year-old kid won a science fair by proving Tom Brady is a cheater. Did you see that? I did. <laughs> I love it. Anyone? I guess he lives in Kansas City or something. I don't know. Um <laughs> That was bad. Number three, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers denied Saskatchewan Rough Riders permission to talk to Paul LaPolice about their vacant head coaching position. Were they right to do so, or should they have given him the opportunity to move up if possible? Did we talk about this last week? I've been talking about this for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I Winnipeg was Winnipeg was wrong. Okay, we're not too late in the off season to start changing coaches. In fact, uh, when Lapalise left Saskatchewan to go to Winnipeg, it was about this time of the year. Actually, I think it was a little bit later. So you know, tit for tat sort of thing. I understand that they're they feel they've got their their coaching staff where they want it and everything else. 
but they held back their coach. And I personally, I think La Police is going to be thankful that they did later on because uh, Saskatchewan's going to be nothing but a tire fire this year. But the same thing is they should have given La Police the option to interview and said, you know what? I think you should stay with us, and here's some incentive of some kind. I, you know, and that's the way that I would have looked at that a little bit better. So that's my personal opinion. Of course, there's always going to be a counter opinion. Mark? I don't disagree with you. The Bombers should have probably given him permission to speak. But, you know, this whole thing about um, it's not too late. The season also starts a month earlier this year. Yeah, not really. And you're catching on, yeah, no, May 26th. That's a week. It's it's later. It's and a week. He knows all their free agency plans. So I can see why they didn't. Oh, so do I. I I'm not following them with it. I don't yeah. think they did anything wrong. I agree with their tactics. I, I think they should have let him talk, though. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. But uh, as I saw on, I think it was the Let's Talk Bombers page today. I think it was that one. Um, somebody came up with the line of, the riders just got Darian Duranted. We got them back, kind of thing. Well, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think you can blame that. I don't think you no. can blame Darian Durant on the riders. No, no, just having some fun with it. Hi, right. Darian Durant. I think that Darian Durant wanting to come back to the CFL that was that was a hoot. I just love Jeremy O'Day. Uh, no, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have absolutely no interest in bringing Darian Durant back. But how come Ottawa isn't getting all the heat too? The day before. They said no to Elizondo being interviewed. Yeah, but the you know why? It's because the Bombers They're are hated wrong. by Ryder fans. Okay, <laughs> there's no rivalry with the Ottawa Red Blacks. I, if I'm a Ryder fan, I'd be more pissed off about not being able to talk to Elizondo than to talk to Lapalise. We've seen Lapalise's offense in the playoffs. They're not very good. We've seen it. We've seen Elizondo's uh, offense in the playoffs. It's a Won a great cup. Exactly. Got, got to do another one. Got them to two more, weren't they, in three? They, they won one out of three? That's right, yeah, no. three. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they've, been, they've yeah. been to the great cup three times in four years. Mm-hmm. Only Toronto, when they Toronto won the great cup, the other – like, Ottawa was there, and they lost. The Ottawa went back, they won. Then Toronto won, and then Ottawa went back and lost again. That's correct? So shouldn't the hatred be at Ottawa? But you, you, I know you, it's Bombers. Did you hear what I said? It, 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 no, they just have a natural hate on for Bombers. They got dissed the Bombers. That's what, but I'm that's right. what they're hate on. And I, I'm personally, with you. I don't I, think... I agree. I don't think they know who Elizondo is. That's an Eastern team. They they have no – Ryder fans have no idea that there are even Eastern teams out there. 
I don't think they could name the teams or the cities that they come from. Considering they could have solved their quarterback problem too, you would with uh, Elizondo. Yeah, like, he bring Trevor Harris with him. Yep. I I don't mind the hate. I'm used to it from Ryder fans. Whatever. I just wish they'd look at things logically. It's impossible. There's too much emotion. It's the years. <laughs> You know, I'm not mentioning any names, Darcy, but, you know, you really got to get on with it. <laughs> okay. Charles, what do you yes. got to say about this? La Police. Well, La Police, uh, I, I'm with you. I think that he should have at least been allowed to uh, to interview. I think it's – I don't like the fact that he wasn't. I think that um, – Personally, I think that um, both of them, whether it be Elizondo, whether it be Lapalise, both of them should have been allowed. I mean, I know people are saying, oh, well, it's it's getting close to the season. We don't even know who's going to be on these teams. Free agency isn't for like three weeks. So we don't even know who the talent's going to be. So if you don't have any players, the players yet, whether or not you have a coach ready or not is different. And uh, to me, I mean... I don't think a team, and I think this is the, I think this with players too, that if a player or a coach has a chance to move up and better themselves, I don't think a team should stand in its way. And I, I, I feel the same way with this one. I think that, um, quite frankly, they, um, I think they're wrong. And uh, there were reports uh, that La Police was rather upset that the Bombers weren't. Um, weren't letting him go. Now, these were reports. I don't remember exactly who they came from, so a lot of these reports that I see online I take with a grain of salt. But um, you know what? I think they should have let him because, like I said, if a guy's got a chance to better himself, move up and do a higher position, let him have that chance. Don't stand in his way. It's the same as if a person, if a team releases a player to go down and play in the NFL. It's no different as far as he's getting a chance to go get better, so let him have it. Personally, that's if, what I think. If I was La Police, I wouldn't be pissed off about missing an opportunity. I would be pissed off that I wasn't given the opportunity. Right. Okay? I would have liked yep. to have talked to the rider and said, fuck you. Yep. Right? And if the riders actually threw this huge bucket of money at me and it was worth it for me to go there, then I would have gone. But, that being said... I still would have wanted that option, and uh, it wasn't given it to me. It's it's like Winnipeg's acting like their parents, and it's wrong. In my opinion, that was wrong. I don't blame them. I don't blame Winnipeg one iota. I don't believe. I don't blame Ottawa one iota. I wouldn't want anybody to be taking my coaching staff when I've already got them set. Okay, that's just personal. That's a selfish reason, but in reality. You can't stop a guy from getting better. And uh, unless Winnipeg is uh, actually thinking about firing O'Shea and, and moving La Police up, then uh, they they shouldn't have done what they did. Do you remember back when Calgary wouldn't let Dickinson talk to the BC Lions for the head coaching position? And uh, he he wasn't upset about it because he knew that he was going to get the head coaching position in Calgary. 
Anyhow, William. Yes. Um, you know what? I, I think uh, you should spread the talent around in the CFL. And I think it makes the league weaker by not giving him an opportunity, whether whether he was going to take it or not. But he seemed to be a good fit there. He had a relationship with uh, O'Day from when they used to be there, when he used to be there. So I, I just wish they had given him the chance. But I'm not going to get overly upset about it. They say it's late in the year. Not really. It's a bunch of crap. But, hey, you got to make excuses somehow. And you know what? I don't know if I'd ever want to live in Regina anyways. Whoops, did I say that? Sorry. Because, you know, it's not the hustling, bustling metropolis of Winnipeg. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess. But, yeah, no, I, I wish they had given him the choice. It's a lot to improve his life. I mean, yeah, that's all. Okay. Chris. Have you were you on the team when this happened to Calgary any time? Is there any experience with this happening in in your career? No, no, I, uh, I no, I don't. I, I've never been a part of that or been around that. But I mean, I, I don't know. Like you, everybody said, I, I see both sides of it, and it is what it is. Uh, it could end up hurting them just as bad as it could help him. Maybe if it did piss off a little place, whatever, maybe he doesn't sign back up and he goes when he can go, right? Like, I mean, you're playing a dangerous game when you're doing that. I think it's far better for them to put it in their coach's hands and take the consequences than to, to do that because you never know what you've just done, right? I mean, now you've got, maybe you've got a disgruntled employee running your O for the next season. Like, I don't know. I, I that, think it's a big a picture thing and, and 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 you got it's a big picture thing, and you got to take take a look at both. And I I think it's a little bit short sighted of both of those teams. But uh, and because I, I agree with you, I think that they should have let him talk and and then made their case for why he should stay. Um, but it's within their rights. It's a contract, and they did what they did. And but I mean, everybody's talking about how you know. Like the, but I mean, there's there's there could be huge consequences to this that they that that are yet to come. So. Who knows? Maybe they just hurt themselves more than they've helped themselves. Yeah, it's a possibility that La Police could just all of a sudden tank the season as the OC because he's pissed off that he didn't get this extra money and everything else. But you got to think that he's a professional and he wants to be at the top of his game so that when he does get the opportunity to go somewhere else, then when like Edmonton fires Jason Moss, or, uh, you know what I mean? Something like this. Toronto needs a new quarter, uh, new coach because Corey Jamlin's an idiot. Um, yeah. Or Montreal. You know, never know. I, and I would never say he would tank it. I, I, he's a professional. I would not I would never go as far to, to say that he would tank it, just like I'd never go as far to say as a, a, a ref actually made a bad call on purpose. I'm just saying that maybe his heart won't be totally into it either, right? Yeah, or he works the rule and he doesn't put in the 18-hour days. He does the 12-hour days. Yeah, like you you just never know. You know what? I'm going home. You're not paying me enough to stay here this long, you know? Yeah. There's always that possibility. And you know what? We're not anywhere near this event. So, you know, we can't. I mean, there's a lot of stories going around that La Police wasn't pissed off. 
There's stories that's going that he was pissed off, but he's getting better at it. He's 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 coming to terms with it. <laughs> so, who cares? You know, it's just football. Come on, get over it, guys. It's a game. We're supposed to be having fun. Damn it. We having fun yet? <laughs> okay. Charles. I think I already went on this one. Did you? Yeah. Okay. I was one of the first ones. You were one of the first ones. There you go. Okay. So, you know, out of all of these things with Saskatchewan, and there's so many stories going on around with them. There's just a few things we want to do. And if it goes public, you'll have to finish his career in Saskatchewan. Have you ever been to Saskatchewan? No, I haven't. Fucking blows, Spence. Fucking blows, Spence. Okay, gotta love it. Gotta love it. That's my my little Saskatchewan blows thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Way to go, Darcy. Okay, so moving on. There was something that was really cool I wanted to talk about, and we would get to it. So uh, I'm having one of these senior moments. I keep forgetting things. It's not good. Segment four, CFL.ca posted a list of the top 30 free agents going into the start of free agency season. Who are the ones on this list that are the most intriguing to teams? Well, number one and number two, Mike Riley, yep. and Bo Levi, respectively. I think number five or six was Trevor Harris. Out of the 15 free agent quarterbacks, how many more made the list, do you know? Top 30, how many more quarterbacks made the list than those top three? Uh, one, two. That's it. No, no there one, were more. More. There one more. One more. No, there was two, I think. Of the top really? 30, I think there was two. You're going to make me go look? I know there Jennings. was at least two. Jennings. Jennings. He was one. No, but yeah, also Jennings. Trevor Harris was on that list. What's that? Trevor Harris, Harris. was also on that list. Well, I said Trevor Harris. Like five or six. Sorry. Right, right. Right? But the only quarterback on there was Jonathan Jennings. Mm-hmm. And I said long ago, you know, taking... Mitchell and Bo Levi out of the equation, and Trevor Harris being staying in Ottawa, the b- number one available quarterback is Jonathan Jennings. And, you know, a lot of people scoff at that, but I think the kid has talent. He just needs the uh, right schooling. He needs the right system, and he could come cheap. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, Harris was actually number three. Jeez, what happened? And Jennings kind of felt, dropped a little bit there. I think he was in, like, 13th place. No, that was Burnham. I don't know. The run yeah, Jonathan Jennings was in 20th spot. Yeah. He still made the top 30. That's kind of impressive. Okay, so um, did you guys look at the list? Do you want to go through it? I mean, yeah, we it, can. N- we can't argue with Mike Riley, Bo Levi Mitchell, and Trevor Harris being the top three. There's absolutely no way. Okay? No. Micah Johnson, number four. Willie Jefferson, number five. We're talking to D Lyman here. Yep. Delvin Rowe, a DB. Defense is really taking it up here. Brandon Banks at receiver. 
Now, he can stand Hamilton. I don't think anybody else want, fucking wants him. I don't him. know. I don't know. I think he's too high because of his knee injury. Yeah. I, I think he's too high because of his attitude. Uh, that also hurts him. Goosen is number eight with Winnipeg and O'Neillman. Uh, Jared Davis, another D lineman. Wow. Darrell Walker, the highest receiver at number 10. But didn't he book it for the NFL? He tried last year and failed. I don't okay. know. If, I don't think he's going back. Or at least I haven't heard him going back. Nobody can actually pronounce this next name on purpose, can they? But his last name is Botang. Kwaku. Kwaku Botang. Baku? Yeah, no. Like, Donnie Dootang. Donnie Dootang. Does, does his mommy not like him? Is that why she named him this? Like, seriously. No, he's, a, you name he's your, African. Your kid, Come on. Wouldn't you name your kid Steve or something? Come on. Fuck. No. Steve Botang? Steve Botang. Like, sure, doesn't have the same ring. No, it doesn't. Okay, Stoop. Come O-lineman with Winnipeg. And we're up there. Brian Brim, second highest receiver. He's he's going to go back to the Lions. Greg Ellingson, I receiver sure so. with Ottawa. He's going to go back to Ottawa. Uh, Jonathan Rose. This is the DB that should have been suspended for the Grey Cup game. And he ended, went in there and picked off, I believe, by Mitchell. Shouldn't have yep. been there. Uh, Don Unamba. Jesus Christ. Okay. I just He's put a this D- in to see CJ pronounce the names. Yeah, I know, I know. Number 17, Tyler Loeffler. Taylor Loeffler. Taylor Loeffler. I think he's way too high. He's done dick squat for the last two years. He's really, after that year he had two years ago, the, the two years after that, he's really been, I won't say he, subpar, but he hasn't been anywhere near what he was that year. He did nothing since he laid out man. O lineman Jason Seguin. I don't know. Cunningham, another receiver at 19. And then we got Jonathan Jennings. Where do you think Jonathan Jennings is going to end up? If Uh, Harris leaves Ottawa, he'll go to Ottawa. Yeah. I don't think that's the best place for him. Best place for him is probably Saskatchewan. That's Why? what I would think. Why? Because if he plays well, he will destroy him. Don't think they have the coaching staff in place to teach this guy. And he's going to go in there and he's going to start playing like he did in BC, and the Ryder fans are going to rip him a new one. I think the worst place for him right now would be Saskatchewan. Personal, personal opinion. I could also see that. I could see that argument too. Actually, they they have no offense there. There's no offensive coaching. There's no receivers. There's no O line. There's nothing in there to support him. There's no supporting cast. This is a fan base that supported Brandon Bridge. I, I understand that. They don't that. care about. They, but they care also about the rip. Offense. They also rip Brandon Bridge, right? They threw him on the bus so often. And Jonathan, I like him. I think he's got a great skill, but he's a little fragile right now. This little millennial is not that good. 
at mm-hmm. the, with the, the, the voices in his head. Okay? He needs his little place. So, no, I think the best place for him, honestly, in, in my opinion, where he would absolutely excel with Calgary. Next to that would be Edmonton. I could see him ending up in Edmonton, especially if Riley leaves or the BC or wherever. Well, I think it should, I think it'd be a trade. <clears throat> okay, Riley's not going to get see anything in a trade because he's a pending free agent. So he's only going to get traded to a team that wants him and that he wants to go to. Okay. Yeah. Jonathan Jennings wants out of BC. He wants an opportunity to be a starter, and he wants an opportunity in the team. Jason Moss can train this guy out. I think it's a fair trade between the two of them for Riley and, and Jennings and, you know, throwing a draft pick or two or whatever. I don't know. I, I honestly don't think there's going to be much on the table for a trade with Riley, knowing that in two weeks, three weeks, he's going to, he can walk for things. I, I'm still convinced that this is the trade that's going to happen. Excuse me. Where's he going to yeah, land I, up? Chris? It's possible. Chris? No, sorry, you cut out there. I didn't hear you. Just call me. No, Chris. Chris. Yeah, what do you think? Jonathan Jennings, where is he going to end up? <clears throat> Would you like to see him in the Edmonton uniform? I'd like, actually, I would like both either Calgary or Edmonton. I, I think you're right. I think he'd be a good fit, and I think he's got talent, and he's still young enough that someone could develop that. Um, just like I thought that with Kolaris with Hamilton, right? There's certain times that things don't fit and don't work out, and it doesn't mean it's over. It just means it needs a change, and I think that he would uh, excel in both of those programs, potentially. Uh, I mean, Edmonton still scares me. I mean, I cheer for them, but... Right, like I mean, you take away Mike Riley, and how many games do they actually win? Like I, they just haven't really built a great defense or offense, and I don't know. They haven't built anything. Yeah, like it just scares me. I mean, they're a good team just solely based on one player right now, and if they lose that player, what's going to happen? So, I mean, I don't think that that might be the best scenario for Jonathan Jennings to go to that program. Uh, I think it would be great for him to go to Calgary, but I don't know. Um, where else? I don't. I don't. I don't know. BC's done. Winnipeg's got their guys. Saskatchewan would ruin them for sure. Yeah, no doubt there. So uh, Ottawa's probably going to keep Harris. I really just don't see that ha- changing. Montreal's got their guy. And anyway, Montreal would ruin them too, even if he went out there and uh, Johnny wasn't out there. Like, really, what what team – I guess there's two questions to that. What team do you think he'd succeed on and it would be a good fit? And what team do you think he'd actually maybe ends up on, right? Like, it's are two different questions. Cause yeah. Just because they'd be good at a team doesn't mean they're going to go after him. So, I, I think there's – right now, for him, there's a lot of risk because I think there's a lot of teams that can that would probably want him and would probably be not a good fit and wreck him a bit more. Yeah. I, I think Calgary's the best fit without question. He's probably going to end up in Edmonton or Toronto. Mm. He might do okay in Toronto. I hadn't thought of Toronto. Toronto. Toronto might be a good fit for him. I mean, there's lots of quarterbacks there right now, but um, he's better than I think all. He'd do okay in Toronto. Certainly and it wouldn't be as much. Wouldn't have a lot of pressure on him. That, 
And that's exactly what I was going to say. There wouldn't be that kind of pressure on him to perform immediately, right? So I, I, Toronto might be a good fit. I, would, I wouldn't mind if he went to Toronto. I think that would be okay for him if he's smart about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think he could Will. win that job. Will, what do you think? Do you want to see him in the red and white? Yeah, he doesn't fit Calgary. Why? He's not Calgary's kind of qu- He's not Calgary's kind of quarterback. Why is that? Uh, he's just not. And they like to get him green and start him from scratch. And he's been around too long. And I, I'm not gonna say I don't think he's a good quarterback. I really do think he has some head issues. And yep. uh, I don't, I don't, I just don't think he's a, he's a. Huffnagel Dickinson kind of guy. Just, just well, my, just, just what I'm thinking. But on the other hand, if they don't find something, if that's going to happen, if they need a quarterback, if they don't find something, I, I think he is the uh, out of everybody who's out there right now, other than Mike Riley and Bo Levi Mitchell. Um, I would think I might grab him, to be honest with you. Well, you know, I don't. Yeah, eliminating I don't Harris, Riley, and, and Mitchell. Eliminating the top yeah. three. You know, you, you're doing yeah. it at Cody Fajardo, Kevin Glenn, and uh, Zach Caleros. Well, yeah, we know what we know. We know what Kevin Glenn can do. Okay. And I would sign Kevin Glenn tomorrow just for experience, to be honest with you. Um, and as you have said, anybody can play behind Calgary's offensive line. Um, um, I, uh, Fajardo, he's never showed me anything. Okay. No. I, I would, I would uh, you know, if he would fit into a team, I would probably take a look at him for sure. What's I, his name? I, JJ. I could honestly see Kevin Glenn going back to Calgary this year. Yeah, but not as a starter. Come on, seriously. No, I'm well, not, I'm not saying he, a starter. I'm, he, I think just as a backup. Is he a free? Is he a free agent? Kevin Glenn is. Yes. 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 Yeah. He is. Okay. Do you want okay, the list yeah, of free I agents? I have them right here. We got I Brandon would Bridge. Him in a minute. Brandon Bridge, Zach Kalos, Darian Durant, Cody Fajardo, Kevin Glenn, Trevor Harris. Jonathan Jennings, Travis Lule, Mitchell, Bryant Monzi, Dakota Prukop, Ricky Ray, Mike Riley, Drew Tate, and Drew Willie. And Drew Tate is gone. He's the QB He's coach in the oh, You see, I didn't know that guy was a free agent. I, I, Ooh. I hope Calgary signs Drew Willie. Because anybody well, I told you he Calgary's was going to Calgary was going to sign Drew Willie. Drew Willie, Jonathan Jennings, we got a Grey Cup locked up. No shit. I agree. Wow. Right there. Yeah. And maybe get we could get, 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 get Marcus Crandall back as a third string. Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. What the heck? Anyways, no, I would take, uh, you know what, now that you tell me that list, Jonathan Jennings does not look that unappealing. No. Because there's not much out. Once you get rid of the top three guys, there's not much there. Uh, no, there's not. You know I, I mean, would... I, think, I, think, I think they're all in a bunch. 
he might actually be more appealing to some teams than guys like Riley or Bolivar Mitchell simply because you're going to get them for a lot cheaper. Yeah, but he's still a risk, right? You're you're paying no, for what course, you get but, too, right? No, I, I mean, agree with that. Great. But, but 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 the other thing I think too is I if it wasn't Jonathan Jennings going, if Bo's gone, and we you know might, obviously Riley's probably not going to go there, then the only other one I would see would be Claris. I I think that Claris is Jonathan Jennings is a step ahead of him because he hasn't he's broken be, not because he was physically broken but because he just didn't fit the program. Whereas Calaris still has to get, you know, but whenever Calaris seems to be comfortable, even in Saskatchewan, those brief couple games where they could protect him, he still looked good. I, I still think he has potential. And you throw him behind Saskatchewan's line with Saskatchewan's co- or with a, I'm sorry, Calgary's line and Calgary's coaching. I would like to see that too. So I, I agree with Will. I, I, Jonathan Jennings might be the best choice, but I wouldn't totally poo-poo Calaris either. I would be, I'd be excited if they signed Calaris because I would like what? to see what would happen. That, that's who Honestly, I think Calgary should get. I, I honestly think they're they're number one Grey Cup contender at signing Zach Larris. I still think yeah. they're there, yeah. but I think Zach, Zach would make them push a little bit closer. And he probably fits, uh, as towards Will's comment, he probably fits their system a bit better than Jonathan Jennings. He, he, you know, he doesn't want to scramble. He doesn't want to get hit. He wants to get rid of it quick. Well, that fits to what they've been doing for a couple of years with Bo, right? He still scares me injury-wise. Of course. No, don't get me wrong. I mean, you're still going to get hit. I mean, not Bo didn't get hit a ton, but you're still going to get hit. And, I mean, he is obviously fragile, and that's a decision he needs to make for his life, right, whether he's done or not because of concussions. But it'd still be interesting to see. I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't totally freak out. And, you know what, injury's a risk for everybody. Sometimes it's a higher risk, sometimes it's a lower risk. But, Chris, they're still talking about bringing Ricky Ray back. And how could you have any confidence in that? Right? Like, it is what it is. Well, <laughs> if you protect Ricky Ray, he's an amazing quarterback. Right? Of course. I mean, so of course is, he is, but so how could you Travis be? Lule. So is Travis Lule. If you could protect Travis Lule, great. No problems. The difference between protecting Travis Lule and, and Ricky Ray is Travis Lule starts running off on his own. Okay. Yeah. And, and tell me who does not when you see take off the ball, right? Ricky Ray doesn't do that. He's a pylon. He stands in the pocket and he throws the ball. He gets run over. Okay? Yeah, and then he gets hit still. You still cringe. So yeah, but you're you're right. I mean, Lule plays a game style that's very risky. And I mean, look at a lot of his injuries happened outside the pocket, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, on positive yards. Okay. The yeah. majority oh, no. of his accidents Always. were on positive yards. I still remember the time that uh, Dave Dickinson got cut, concussed playing for the BC Lions, trying to tackle a guy that intercepted him. Do you remember that, Charles? Yep, I do remember that, yes. D- down around the 20, 25-yard line tried on the far side of the field. and just took a knee to the head. Took a knee to the head and lights out. He went down like a rock, got up, and staggered everywhere. But you know what? Quarterbacks who play that style of football, you got to love them. Mm-hmm. Marky, did you go on this? Yeah, I went. You, you went on Jonathan Jennings? I mean, we're still doing the top 30 here. I don't know where they went. Uh, 
We should move on a little bit there further. Uh, Duran Carter, mouthy himself. I think we've got something later on about Duran Carter. So we're not going to get into him right now. Let's leave that one there. Okay, Devere Posey, can't 22. I'm, I'm a little dischanted by him hitting that far down the list, but I think he's an awesome receiver, and there's a lot of teams that are going to want him. I'd love to see him back with the Lions. I'd love to see him back with Brian. Let Manny go, and Brian Burnham and Devere Posey, and awesome. Okay, mm-hmm. Sir Vincent Rogers, O-line. Nah. Joe Von Santos Knox, linebacker, Winnipeg. Is he gonna come? Is he coming back to Winnipeg, or is he now that Big Hill's in there? He's expendable. Um, I think they're gonna make a pitch for him because if they can get him locked up, whoever gets Santos Knox gets a damn good football player. Mm-hmm. Um, for a second-year guy, he had 82 tackles last year. Yeah, he's a baller. Yeah. Um, I think the Bombers will make a major pitch for him because that will be their best linebacking duo since uh, Ty Jones and James West. Okay. So, Larry Dean, linebacker Hamilton. I don't know much about this guy. 30 years old. (coughs) Oh, here's one for you. Aaron Grimes, DB. 27 years old. He's getting a paycheck. He, oh, he's getting a paycheck. No doubt about it. It's just a matter of where. And then the next one, Mika Awe, linebacker, BC Lions. You got Mika Awe, you got Solly, uh, Solly in there, and uh, Bola Combo. BC's got a linebacking core that let Big Hill go. Yep. Got to sign Mika. William Powell, the only running back on the list so far. Who's not set? What team is set at running back? Edmonton? We're evolving door in Saskatchewan. Calgary has somebody. Hey, Calgary has somebody. Who is yeah, it? Was it running Not really. Yeah. Well, they did it by... They had three okay. guys last year that they used. Yeah. So... But I think only one of them is signed. They still want to make a play for but, Roy Fitch if he gets to JLA. I heard that. Uh, yeah, sure. Roy Fitch will never give me in Canada again. So he'll try and beat up the border security before he gets across the line, and that will not go well. Um, but, hey, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't, uh, running backs are you don't, running backs are a dime a dozen in my mind. Sorry. Yeah, and I was about I was about to say the same, same thing. You don't see a lot of people chasing running backs in the in the free agency because everybody finds them all every year, right? So mm-hmm. you just don't see the big chase for that unless it's like a national like hair, you know, like Andrew Harris or something. Or that's Mike, a ratio or right Mike there. Pringle, or Mike Pringle, or, or some something. yeah. Somebody that's totally off the charts, but every team seems to yeah. just find their own running backs, and, and nobody really ever suffers too bad at that position. I don't think maybe maybe for a season or half a season until they find their guy, but there just seem to be a lot out there, right? Like it just seems to be a position that you can fill without having to spend big bucks on chasing free agents. Yeah, and that, that's what? the thing I was going to say is with a running back, even a running back that has good years with one team, you very seldomly go see see them go to another team and have a big years because. They don't 
typically sign free agents. Or, I mean, free agent contracts, like you said. No. It doesn't yeah, happen nearly as much as in other positions. Yeah, they skip around more per injury than they do get signed for free agency. They skip around for that, right? Like, in the last two years, like, Ottawa's had, like, 12 running backs, haven't they? It's an astronomical number. There's been lots of turnover. There's been lots of turnover. And they've done the same thing with kickers. Okay, number 29 is Eric Rogers. I would have thought this guy would have been a lot higher on the list. He is absolutely amazing as a running back. But his chronic knee injuries have to be dragging him down. He, I actually heard a story last last week or so that he's actually thinking of retiring. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah, I think that might story. be part of it. That's the story. Yeah. 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 That, that would be a shame. Okay, and the last one, number 30, is the Lemonator. Sean, Sean Lemon. Lemon. Oh, is he a free agent? He's a yeah. free agent. Okay. He was with BC last yeah. year. Ten sacks in thirteen games. Yep. Calgary's going to need a linebacker. Yeah. Well, Alex Singleton's gone. Yeah. And Thurman. And Thurman. And Thurman. They, they lost be a couple linebackers. Yeah. They. Oh yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, but is it, is it, isn't Lamb in the defensive end? Yes, he is. Yep. Yeah. We're, we're not talking about him as a linebacker right now. We're just talking about a hole that Calgary oh, okay. has. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, once again, they'll replace him too. They always do. I, I'm not really worried about holes in Calgary. I mean, Huff that, did say the, he's going to go to free agency for quarterback. Yeah, but that's the thing I'm talking about. And you know what? I, and... and a month ago, I was worried about all this stuff happening in the CFL, and these guys are gone, and that guy is gone. And you know what? In our lifetime, that's happened how many times? Oh, billions. <laughs> these guys come and these guys come and go, and they replace them with somebody else. So, you know, we might see the next future stars this year on, with some of these guys, right? So that's oh, yeah. the neat part about it. That's the neat part about it. Uh, you know, I get into these arguments with people that, on the Facebook group that, you know, oh, oh, man, I'm so pissed off that he got traded or I'm so pissed off. You know, I'm such a fan of – I mean, I know somebody who actually got a Trusty signature uh, tattooed on their body. Um, I'm not dissing you. I'm not. I, I'm just saying, you know what? You can't attach to a place like that. Their loyalty is to their family. It's not to you, the fan. It's to the family. And they're going to go where the money takes them. I mean, players come and go, coaches come and go, hell, owners come and go. The only thing that's consistent through the entire thing since I've been a, since 1971 is the team. I'm a fan of the BC Lions. I don't give a shit who plays for them. I like to see them win, but I really don't care who's in what position. In fact, most of the time I can't tell you what who's in what position. Mark knows the stats of the guys, and oh yeah, he's doing that. I don't care. I want to see the team play. The team plays well together. They're a cohesive unit, and they go out and they win football games. I'm ecstatic. Mm-hmm. I don't care about individuals. I don't care about individual stats. I mean, what was that carving works guy yelling and screaming the other day about? Um, 
Saskatchewan's defense scoring as many touchdowns as the offense, and that's why they're the best defense in the CFL. No. The best defense in the CFL allowed the least amount of points. <laughs> that just bottom means your line, offense sucked. Yeah, of course. But bottom line is the defense, the best defense is the one that scores allows the least amount of points, period. Defense would have to be with the team that won the Great Cup because – they stopped the other team from scoring points, and their offense scored points, and that's how football works. It's a simple game. Score points, stop points. Shake my head. Sometimes people just say the dumbest shit. Okay, that's the top three ages. Off to another topic. Oh, my God. How, a topic a lot of conversation this week regarding Chris Jones's legacy in the NFL. What do we each think it is? His legacy. Who cares? He's gone. I think that just goes back to my other statement a little 30 seconds ago. I don't care about the coaches. Once they're gone, they're gone. Move on. What's his legacy? Four breakups. Pretty bloody man. Five teams, actually. Riders never got him a ring. But, uh, hell of a coach. You can stop him. He's a hell of a coach. I'm not impressed with him as a GM. That's for sure. Nope. How can you be in a team for three years and not have a quarterback? Blows my mind. Not have any offense at all. But does he have a legacy? Oh, he's known as the team, the, the guy who ran away from contracts. You know, the whole thing is the Edmund guys are so bitching and complaining about Chris Jones leaving after winning their Grey Cup. But the thing that they don't remember or completely forgot or whatever the hell's going on, they stole Jason Moss, who was under contract with Ottawa. No difference than the Raiders took. What's the difference? What's the difference? Anybody? Is, is there a difference? No, there is, man. Not okay. particularly, no. Stephen Claybrooks was under contract with Calgary. He's now with BC, right? That's a fact. Who claim him? He got paid more money out of a, a great opportunity. Do you, do you, are, you, are you sad that he left Will Clicks? Are you angry because BC stole him away? No, he had an opportunity to improve his lot in life. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. I, exactly. Right? I mean, seriously. The only thing but, about Chris Jones, but, uh, okay, but give me the will but. Clay, will Clay Brooks go to four more teams in the CFL before he goes to the NFL? Doubt it. Okay. Yeah, but he's already and in the top on, you, whoa, whoa, whoa. you keep on saying four great cups, head coach on one great cup team. Please yeah. get it right. Granted. Granted. Yep. Granted. Defensive coordinator on a, on a winning team has got to count something, too. Well, sure, but right. what I look at, what I look at is his legacy is still, in my mind, his legacy is you don't need offense to win Grey Cups, okay? Because he didn't do anything for his offense, and he still had that defense-first mindset. So, in my mind, if he's going to stay that way, he should stay a defensive coordinator forever, and then I got yes. no problem with it. 
Yeah. But then, I, but if you're the head doing. coach, you got to you you you. If you're the head coach, you got to concentrate on everything, man. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, I I'm not I would never say he's not a great defensive coordinator because obviously he showed it, and other teams were willing to sign him because of that. And so there's his legacy, great defensive coach. I mean, you got to look at it. He moved from team to team than anybody else. But why? Because somebody threw a bucket of money at him. Make more money. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. My coach just get fired. He didn't get fired. I don't. He got fired in the NFL. And I mean, and I mean, I do like, I do like his mindset that he's going to the NFL. You see, you don't find this mindset very often anymore. He's going to the NFL. And he doesn't really have a coordinator position, but it got his foot in the door. And yeah. I believe this is a guy who believes, he believes in himself, that's for sure, because he believes he's got the ability to go further there. And you know what? They keep on saying he'll probably make less money this year, which he probably will. But in five years' time, I bet you he's making five million dollars a season as a head coach. Or yeah, maybe. Yeah, a couple million as a coordinator. Um, he may be making money. He might be making three hundred grand down there, two fifty, three hundred. But that's American and only paying one tax. So yeah, you, you know, there's some trade-offs in there, and it, it's it. We've seen this a million times, and it goes for coaches as it does players. Nobody, no American grew up wanting to play or coach in the CFL. That was no, not their dream. Not. And I didn't realize that he's got connections with the head coach in Cleveland. Yeah. They uh, they coached they coached at Alabama together, so yeah, they were young coaches. So, but he got his foot in the door, and I think a guy like him is all you need. So. Yeah, because he, if he's, Cleveland doesn't, if Cleveland doesn't work out for him, he'll be on somebody else next year and on somebody else the year after that. And I'm telling you, he will, he will go far. I'm pretty sure he will, anyways. Can't argue with that, Chris. What are your thoughts? Does he have a legacy? Well, I think I agree with. Uh, I believe it was Will. As, as he's a great, he was a great defensive coach, and that's that's his legacy. I, I you know, uh, um, and his legacy is of, one of controversy. I think that probably sums it up almost the best. He's always been a controversial person. Uh, he did it his way. And he didn't give a crap about anybody else, and and uh, and there's no arguing. He was a great defensive mind. That's his legacy. Is that is that a bad thing? No, no. I mean. He uh, he definitely brought attention to wherever he was, <laughs> you know. Like I mean, it's the same argument with the players that are like that, like uh, Carter and those kind of guys, you know. Like, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's his personality. He was never going to be any different. And I, and to be honest with you, he was fairly honest about it. You know, he did what he wanted to do, and he told everybody that. And he never hid he was going wanted to go to the NFL. He never hid, you know, those sort of things. He 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 was a rule bender, breaker, and and a and a wild man. And I don't think he ever pretended to be anything else. Um, and he either loved him or he hated him, depending on what team you were cheering for or where he was. Um, but yeah, I, I think his legacy is, is is a great defensive mind in the CFL. 
uh, and a controversial figure. That's, you know, like, look at, like, it's not a necessarily a bad thing. Look at the Don Matthews. Would anybody say anything less of Don Matthews? He was, yeah. although he's not just a defensive mind, he was a great CFL mind uh, in the league. Uh, but I would say he was a controversial person, too. Of course, he rubbed lots of people the wrong way. I don't think I would compare Chris Jones to Don Matthews, though. No, no. I'm just talking about the legacy being a one of controversy, not being necessarily a bad thing. Right? We all respect Don Matthews a, a ton, but could you argue that he wasn't a controversial figure? Right? That no. That's more what I'm saying. Obviously, nope. they're worlds apart for career length, uh, what they accomplished, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, Don Matthews is on a tier of his own with Wally Bono. You know, those are the guys that are the greats of the game, but but like I said, I, I just think that you can't deny that that controversy is just part of his legacy, and it's not not necessarily a bad thing. It was who he was, and there are other people we respect that are like that too. So that's all my point was. I think if you look at the percentage ratio of Chris Jones as a coach and Edmonton taking four and fourteen team to a Grey Cup winning, what what were they? 11 and, 11 and 7 or 12 and 6 or something like that, and then taking the Rough Riders, who were 3 and 15, up to 12 and 6, I think the percentage of growth that he showed those two teams, and yes, well, I know that Edmonton Eskimos were the best 4 and 14 team in the history of the season, not denying it, but he made them that much better. Mm-hmm. He he was successful as a, as a head coach. I, I think the Riders, under Chris Jones, if he had found a quarterback, they would have been the number one contender for the Craig Cup this year. And last year. Offense. I think his downfall is him as a GM. That was well, the downfall of the Riders. And you can make the argument that maybe he found the quarterback last year. He just didn't build an O-line to protect that quarterback, which is then which you're not came first. Of course, our card, right? That's right. No, guaranteed. I'm not arguing that. It's just, you know, he, he, he might have found his quarterback, but he didn't get the whole concept because it's not just a quarterback. It's, it's, you've got to have a line to protect that quarterback, right? The, Very few the men can minute, go win a game on their own. <laughs> the minute he signs at Caleros, I said, you better build an O-line, Jones, or you're going to break him. Yeah. Right? That, the minute he hired Zach, I said that. And he didn't do it. <clears throat> Broke Zach. Nope. I, I mean, I'm I'm high on Zach Carros. I think he has an amazing skill set. The talent level is there for him. He just gets beat up wherever he goes. That's why I say I think he will excel in Calgary. I Personally, I think he should retire. Not coming to Calgary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huff is going after a quarterback in free agency. Who's it going to be? He's going after Either going to be, Yeah, I don't think so. Full he's, he's going after Glenn. He's going after, he's going after Glenn or, or, or Mike Riley. Yeah. I don't see it happening. And you know what? I said I said Jonathan Jennings doesn't fit into Calgary. I don't think Mike Riley fits into Calgary either. Absolutely not. 
But I think he could be successful well, in Calgary. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> I, of course, anybody could be successful listen, in Calgary. If you listen to Christopher Jones, my dead grandmother of 55 years would be successful in Calgary, okay? Put Drew Willie in there, and, and, and they're the number one breakup contender, no doubt about it. I'm, I'm all over that. We'll just be so excited with Drew Willie back in, in, in the Calgary uniform there. That would be awesome. Yeah, but Drew Willie will try and demand uh, $500,000 from uh, John Huffnagel, and that ain't going to happen, baby. He only no. suckered one person into that. Yeah, I know. Who but was that guy? Take... Kyle Walters. Kyle Walters. Kyle Walters. $750,000 for a linebacker. $250,000 for a kicker. $500,000 My... for Willie. Drew got a million bucks out of Winnipeg. <laughs> my biggest oh. my biggest concern is my biggest concern is I think Calgary could lose their whole defensive line this off season, so that's my biggest concern. Well I, let's be well, honest, they could lose a lot more than that, right? I mean, they, well, they no. already pretty much lost their linebacking core. They're, they could lose their whole defensive line. Some of the DBs are like, they're just they've got a lot of free agents, and they're all powerful mm-hmm. players. So uh, Calgary is going to be a whole revamp. And you know how you can tell that is for the comments that Huff and, and De- Dickinson have made of pretty much, hey fans, be ready for a whole new Stampeders team because it is what it is. <laughs> now, well, no. to- and 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 Wally Lurt or sorry. Um, John learned from Wally how to be tight with the wallet, okay? And I think yeah. that stops a lot of guys coming to Calgary. They have a, I believe they have a system in place, and they think they can put anybody in the system, and they will get better and better and better, and then they'll go away, and then they'll get find somebody else to get better and better, and then they'll go away. And there's nothing wrong yeah. with that because they've been successful. Oh, true. I'm not going to say that. I'm eventually that's going to fail. I mean, Why? That's not the worst work season time. I've. Well, but the worst season I've ever seen in Calgary in all the time I've been watching the Stamps was 2001, and they won the Grey Cup. So they've had worse seasons know. than that. Did you forget the well, match? Yeah, when, yeah did you start, when did you start watching them? Because <laughs> there's been way worse I seasons would say, than that. No, 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 no. I know in the 70s they sucked Bobo balls, but 80s I'm talking. 80s I, don't too. forget the Matt Dunnigan. Year. Yeah, I moved. I moved to Calgary in 1990. So, oh right. Okay, so I haven't seen any of it because I was a bomber fan. And they were winning great cups. They were winning great cups back then. From so. eighty-five to ninety, I went to every single home game, and they really sucked. Let's let's put it that way. It was it was a desolate stadium to go have some fun as kids, as high school kids. <laughs> we we were all gone through rough years teams. Okay, all yeah. of them. I I have words to the BC Murray Pelham. Oh God! Don't bring that name up. Okay, Bill Comrie, now Scalbania. Comrie wasn't terrible. Comrie was not good. Rick Warman. There you go. There's a name for you, Rick Warman. (laughs) Rick Warman. I I've gone through some crappy years in Calgary. They've won the entire season, and they lost in the playoffs. I eat Doug Flutie some of Doug Flutie's years. Okay, so yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Terry Willis and Emmanuel Colbert. But, 
But once again, that's what I love about the CFL. You can be nine and nine and still win the Grey Cup, and that's Toronto what it's all about. Bottom year. line. Yep. There you go. I, I think and, BC's actually won the Grey Cup at eight and eight and eight and ten. Eight and ten. Yeah. And let's be honest, though, that the, the Calgary Stampeders free agency issue isn't only limited to Calgary, right? I mean, there's 300 and some odd free agents and there's a lot of stars out there. And oh, that yeah. also means that I think we can expect if, as it goes, you're going to see a lot of them sign back. There's not going to be able Maybe. to be that much movement because no. the market's just not there, right? So There's just not enough money yeah. either. No, 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 no. Not everybody's going to get the big payday. It's not going to happen. So okay, You know, the rumor uh, you know, around... The rumor here is that Mika Johnson is going to BC, okay? Mm. And I think Mika Johnson's going to look for big money. And yeah, there's only so much money to go around. Yeah, it, if the, the salary cap has gone up by fifty thousand dollars a year for the last four years. Okay. Yeah. Fifty players on a team—that's a thousand dollars a player. Okay. Right. When you go drop $750,000 on Big Hill, you better be expecting some pay cuts straight across the board to everybody else. Or releases, i.e. i.e. Chris Randall and, and or Ian, or Ian Wilder, or Ian whatever his name was, Ian Wilder. Ian Wilder and, and Maurice Leggett, too. Mo Leggett. Right. They, they cut a lot of cash. They, they did, right? And they had to. But my point being is, where do, do these guys think they're going to go and get that cash again? Right? Oh, Big Hill's salary to. went up by $75,000. He yep. made more than $25,000 more than what the salary cap went up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? So for them to sign him for $25,000 over the salary cap increase, that money's got to And when the money isn't there for free agency, a lot of the guys will do their instinct and sign back to where they're comfortable or where they are. So you're going to see that you're not going to see that mass movement. Everybody's so scared of the mass movement. I think there'll be movement, but it just, there's no way that the market will sustain a mass movement of stars across the league. And once they realize the money's not there, the couple that do get more money will go. They always do. And the ones that realize that they're, they're not getting huge offers, a lot of them will choose to stay because it's just easier. Change is hard. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if so, any player out there is offered contract making the same amount of money as they did last year, they're it not to take it. Yep. Okay? Now, you know, Mike Riley's using this uh, CBA excuse not to sign in Edmonton. I'm not buying it for a heartbeat because all he, all he would have to do is sign a contract with a clause that says, if the CBA gets X amount of dollars increase on the salary cap, I get Y. Yeah. Simple, right? Yeah. Salary cap yep. goes no, up by a million dollars, I get an extra 50. And it's been done and before. He's, actually, like he's not reinventing he's the wheel. Actually, like that's, he's one of the few few free agents that can do that. Yes. Yes. If, if he said well, that to Edmonton right now, Edmonton would, would would hurt themselves trying to get a contract in front of 
Well, hasn't Sutherland come out and said he's made several extremely strong offers to him already? So yes. it isn't money. I don't think it is money. I think it's, it's not money. what he wants to do with his life. Location. No. He's, he's going to BC. I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I think and, if he was and, going to re-sign in Edmonton, he would have re-signed already. Yep. It wouldn't have taken this long. But I want to know what Sutherland is thinking right now. Is waiting three weeks to lose an asset. He should be a BC Lion already. Or yeah, but if you're a BC, would you? Deal. Yeah, like, would you want to give away anything for him when you know you're going to get him anyway? Like, why? I'm what, going to give away Justin Jennings BC? in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, you giving away Jennings anyway? Yeah, you're going to lose Here's, Jennings anyhow. Here's one of the I things guess. I keep on thinking. I keep on thinking about Bo Levi. Okay, is okay. We all know that Bo Levi is call it arrogant or confident. Okay, either pick, or. Pick, pick your word. Okay, is he too arrogant to hold a clipboard on an NFL sideline? It, it would appear that way. And if he is, would, then he's coming back to the CFL. Yeah. Well, I, I, I believe he's going to be the quarterback for Calgary this year because there's not another single team in the CFL that would take him in, in a realistic point of view. Okay, seriously. He's not going to excel in any other team. Uh, I don't think an he's not with any other. Saskatchewan I, I disagree have an with you, but I don't think – I don't Where, think he'd sign he with any other in? team. I don't care whether or not he will or not. Tell me what team he would sell on. The Winnipeg. only one no, no. I possibly think of, yes, is Winnipeg and possibly Ottawa. But you have to be a team with a good offensive line. Well, but but the, he's got enough of a name that teams would take a stab at him because he's better than what else is out available and maybe not think too much, too, a ton about whether they're, they're going to think if you're a confident coach, you think you can make a, a good player succeed anywhere. And then it just comes down to that argument, whether you think he's a good player or not. Well, he's got the record for it. He's got the name, whether you agree with it or not, I, I think you'd have opportunities to sign elsewhere in the CFL. I still think Denver's I on the table. I think that I, I think that Denver's on the table because if they decide to pick the right coach in the OC, he sees a path to being number one in a couple of years. He will bite the, the bullet and carry a clipboard for a year or two and go to Denver. I I think that's the only possibility right now is if Denver picks the right coach in the OC, I, I think that, that that relationship's standing still right now because of that. But I agree, I, I don't see you know, I don't see him running a clipboard where he doesn't see a future in it. I think he's back in the CFL, but I don't think that we can discount Denver yet. Not until they name their coach and their OC. Are they going to name a coach in the next two to three weeks? Because he has to tell Huff whether or not he's staying. Well, and he's hoping they will, but maybe. Well, I don't know if they do or not, right? So that's, is that's he, still is on the gonna table. Make the I don't jump. think it's a done deal. I don't know. I, I, it's on the table. I don't think it's a done deal yet. I think we'll have to wait and see. And we'll go from there. But I, I think that there is a situation still existing in the, in the NFL for him that would fit if it happens right. But when he, if he comes back, I agree. He'll probably stay in Calgary because why would he want to leave? I mean, he's been successful there, you know, blah, 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 blah. But do I think people would throw some money at him maybe around the league? I think he'd get some offers. I'd love to see him on another team. I'd love, I would kill to see him on another team just to prove my point. Mm-hmm. Because he's I know. not going to be successful anywhere else. 
No, I'm, and I'm, I, promise, I would. And I promise you, and I promise you, Christopher, I'd send you the crow so you could eat it. So. Yeah, first <laughs> I, I'd take it because so, he's not that good a quarterback. And we won't know unless it happens, right? So yeah, and we won't that's know what unless makes it happens. exciting, though, right? That's what yep. makes this next couple months exciting, though. That's why exactly. it's a it's an it's an exciting off season this year because of who's up and the CBA and all the unknowns and how much your team can change quickly and dramatically, in a right? Yeah, and I mean, no, just, our, we're all we're all counting the days till free agency now, right? Like every one of us. Here's my question: Are we going to get a frenzy at free agent like we nor like we do and stuff no. like that, or is it going to be a much more cautious approach because of the CBA? The I, I, guys, I think CBA is a factor. I really sign. don't. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the more guys that sign, the faster guys will sign. Yep. There you go. Because That's right. That's exactly themselves. right. I'm not going to have a job. I got to sign. Yeah, the money's going. The money's going. As soon as it starts, it'll be fast and furious. It'll, but it might take a bit yeah, to start. It'll, it'll be a landslide. Yeah. When it does start. Let's throw your players that, out. It's Terry. Christopher, what do you say? There's 300 free agents out there. That has to be scary. Oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. yep. We live in the top 30. If I'm a player and number 295, I'm looking for a contract right fucking now. Yeah. And as we've seen before, that if you don't sign within the first couple of days, you're typically waiting at least a training camp if you get signed at all. And your value drops significantly. It does. Significantly. Yep. Well, yeah, you're losing 50 to 75% of your value if you wait too much. Yeah. These people have to sign. Whoever's going to be signing, whoever the team wants, if your team wants back and they're saying you've got to take a 10% pay cut, I suggest you do it. Because, you know what, if they're not willing to pay what you got last year, what other team is going to pay more? Especially if you're not in the top ten, right? Or even the top You're not in the 15. top fifty free agents. You're you're toast. Take a contract yep. regardless of what it is. Be happy. Wants you. Be ecstatic. Which brings up a good point. How much of us believe that there'll be more free agent signings before the thirteenth? Like it's been very slow, and it's been like a lot of the supporting Canadian players and special team guys. And I still think we're not done before the 13th. I think we're going to start to see people get freaky about it and start to sign before that deadline hits. I think you might see some more trades too of people that don't think they're going to sign some of their own free agents that are going to try and get some sort of an asset before uh, free agency hits whether it be a draft pick or whatnot. Maybe. Maybe. I, I definitely don't think we're going to just sit status quo till the 13th, though. I think no, we're going no to I see, don't think so either. And I think that what's going to happen is, as we, as we said with free agency, once the first one signs, it's going to start to cascade. I think the same yep. thing you're going to see, like, as soon as a big name signs before the 13th, you're going to see, you can see the exact same effect. Yeah. So, you, you player like, let's use Mikaw as an example, okay? BC Lions yeah. won back. They're <coughs> arguing over money right now. 
Okay, obviously that's what they do. Why would you trade them? You want them? Why would you trade them? Don't. Yeah. yeah. Only trade players who are have already stated that they want out. I'm not coming back to you. You guys are Larrys. Okay. Or somebody who absolutely wants to go somewhere else. And there's only two players so far that I've seen that have said they want a new, or one says he wants a new scenery, and one is we're convinced that he does. Yeah. And I'm coming back to the Jay Kelly trade. Jay yeah, no, and that's the two BC. players that you're talking about trading, right? Yeah, those are the two yeah. players you're talking about trading. So who, yeah. why would you trade anybody else? Okay, I would if BC Lions, I would trade any. You don't really want him. Not a free agent, is he? Is he a free, free agent, Ooh. Charles? Yes, Danny he yes, he he's is. A free agent. He just didn't make the top 30. No. Right. No, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. I So, you know, if, not, if he doesn't fit into your um, project, trade him. Okay? So, you know... Yeah. Is that going to happen? If somebody else actually want him, they want him to free agency. They want to shut it So as soon as they, they say, okay, well, I'm going to trade X for the Arsenal, they talk to Manny Arsenal and say, yeah, we can trade on a contract. The trade, the contract signed, both off of free agency. That can happen. That does happen. It happens closer to free agency, and it happens closer the time with players that you know you don't want. We know where Manny is going anyways. Where? Saskatchewan? Yeah, Saskatchewan. I could see that. It's where everybody goes to die, so. Yep, where all the greats go to die, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, I unfortunately yeah. wouldn't be surprised to see Manny go to Winnipeg. Well, maybe. Um, they got a lot yeah. of money wrapped up already, though, right? Like gun stars. Yeah. We need take help on receivers. Yeah, it's not going to come cheap. Not going to come. There's cheap. another salary that they're going to be getting rid of soon. Well, That's Weston Dressler. Yeah. He's not coming back, is he? He's not coming back. No. There in is my, no mention my, at all. In my mind, Manny Arsenault's best report date is three years past. Oh, yes. easily. Yeah, easily. I think so. Yeah. I don't think you get many people arguing with that. No. Which is why he's not on the top 30. Right. Yeah, Exactly. And, that's not to say, though, that he still can't help a team out. No, uh, if they're of course bringing not. Him in, if they're bringing him in as a number three or four receiver, fine. You're not going to bring Manny Arsenal in as like a number one or two guy because he's he's not that player anymore. But, again, you're talking about 300-plus free agents, so to make the top 30, yeah. you've got to be up there, and he's just not. Yeah. Right? He's, just, yeah. he's a secondary thought right now, and that's he's going to have to accept that. So he's going to get the money he's going to get. And again, that comes all back to the trading thing. Like, I, you'd have to be very confident that 
you could sign that person or that you really wanted him before you'd contemplate trading something for the rights to someone that's going into free agency. You, and I think teams you, you have to have a much more in place. There has to be a yes, contract in place. I, and that's a sketchy slope because you're not supposed to, to, to manipulate with people and blah, blah, blah. And I just no, no, think no. people no. are comfortable waiting to free agency to offer. Yes, hang on. If, if there's a trade in the works, yes. you can, as a team that is trading for somebody, let's see, <clears throat> Winnipeg is trading for many. Kyle Walters asked permission of BC Lions to talk to him about a contract. I'll have a 100%, conversation, 100%. And, and, and Manny will say, I don't want to go to Winnipeg. Or they can yeah. work out a contract, and they can have a deal. They can have a contract in principle, a handshake yeah. deal. The trade happens the next day the contract's signed. And that could be happening, okay. and we don't even know it, right? That could be happening, certainly, and we don't even know it. Exactly. Yeah, certainly possible. So it, it's, it's not a, a complete crapshoot for the team that's trying to buy an no, asset. No, no. I understand. And also, that's, uh, that happens a lot Conditioned draft pick. Yes. Yeah. Right. No, I, I okay, know. I if, just, if he signs I, a contract, I get a first rounder. If he doesn't sign yeah. a contract, I get a sixth rounder. <laughs> sixth rounder yeah. is worthless. Yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe everybody's just got that wait and see attitude. Even the teams, right? Because they've got so many players that they want to sign of their own too. That maybe everybody's not chasing aggressively because they just don't know. Like. They're just going to wait till free agency and see what happens, I, I guess. I mean, you'd have to be yeah. really want that player to go chase him. And I would, I'm surprised that it hasn't happened with quarterbacks. And, I, I, again, I would buy into your Mike and Jonathan trade. That one makes sense to me. But there, is there a lot of other players on the table right now that you would bend over backwards to try and chase that way, to, to try and make sure that you had that first stab at, other than a couple quarterbacks maybe? Because there's so many people available. Maybe you get them cheaper if you wait. Maybe they find out they're not worth as much as they think they are, and you get them cheap. Er. Cheaper. Yeah. You know, everybody says they're waiting for the CBA. And let's face facts. The general managers right now know exactly what the CBA is going to be. They, they know mm-hmm. what the contract is going to be. They know what the salary gap is going up, whether it's going up 500000 or going to go up a million dollars or it's going to go up $2 million. Because the yep. league, the, the teams, have already drawn that line in the sand with the CFLPA. And they might not be negotiating that number right now, but they know that they are not going a penny higher than this. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's where the line in the sand is. So you can... Sign your players accordingly to this budget. Okay. Or you could also do what you've suggested, where you say, if it goes up this much, I get this much of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a lots of ways. There's lots of ways around the CBA that it, we're right. It is BS. We know. We all know it's BS. They're not waiting. Well, for we, that. the GMs know they're gonna, they're gonna, their budget's gonna be. They know it. Yeah. yeah. Right. They know exactly what it is because at at the absolute worst, it's not gonna be higher than this. It might be lower if we can negotiate it lower, but we don't think it's going to be that way. This is where it's going to be. This is where the drawing line is. It might be a hundred thousand higher or lower, but they know within a, a you know a good chunk of money what it's going to. Be. So you know, waiting for the CBA to be signed is is, is one of the stupidest comments that I've heard. Nobody's going to work for free agency. Free agency is going to come and go, and you're going to be sitting on the sidelines waiting to see how much money your team is going to have. 
your team is going to replace you. Meanwhile, they have to. all their money. Yeah. That's exactly what happened to Peel last year with the BC Lions, right? Yep. Come back from the NFL, they spent their money. He had to go somewhere else. Yeah. And also, this coaching staff is going to need to know well before, I mean, there's a chance we might not see a CBA signed until May or June or whatever, depending training on camp. how the talks go, training camp. But the coaching staff needs to know way before that who their players are going to be because they've got to set a game plan for the season. So they can't yeah. afford to wait there. They need to know who they're coaching and what yeah. what tools they have. They can't wait till till June. No, it's 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 actually a ridiculous concept right now. And anybody who actually players have this vision of grandeur, and it's just like so wrong. They just they have no idea what they're dealing with. Me trying to deal with the Royal Bank. I mean, forget it. I'm going to lose. It doesn't matter. I'm going to lose. Okay. Mike Benavides has emerged as the apparent front runner for the Rise Bank coaching spot. We've actually actually talked about Mike Benavides and uh, Jerry Glanville and uh, Craig Dickinson. So I don't think there's anything more to be said about this Saskatchewan team except this. The story is floating around, and if it goes public, you'll have to finish its career in Saskatchewan. Have you ever been to Saskatchewan? Fucking blow spin. Okay. Speaking of Saskatchewan and Boeing, the blowhard Duron Carter out mouthing off Jeremy O'Day. This is not how to win friends and influence people. Regardless of who you are in the CFL, what GM is going to talk to you? after you've just trashed one of their own. He's better off he's better off in the AAFL. Go away. Go away. Don't they start playing next week? Uh no the week after the week after the Super Bowl. So that'd be two weeks. It's just like wrong. Go away, Carter. Shut up. Okay. Last thing on the agenda here. Montreal Alouettes have signed Bob Slowick as their new defensive coordinator, a guy who has a Super Bowl ring in the NFL but has no CFL experience. Is he the best choice for a team that struggled defensively for most of last year? Okay, so you've got a – head coach that is one year out from being nothing in the CFL, Mike Sherman. I still don't think he knows the game. And he's gone and hired somebody who knows less about the game. I'm a businessman. I've hired a lot of people throughout my years, as I'm sure Will has. I always tend to hire people who are smarter than me. I look better. Don't hire dumb people. Hire smart people. I don't know what they're doing here. I would have been looking for somebody with some CFL experience at the D.C. position. In a heartbeat, I would be looking for somebody. Somebody, anybody. 
No, bad call in my opinion. Chris? Mark Washington would have been perfect there. Yeah, but Mark Washington had already signed with Hamilton. Yep. And yeah. who wants to and go to Montreal? Who wants to go to oh, Montreal? Yeah. If, you, if you have CFL experience, you know what kind of a problem it is. And did they, could they get anybody else? Like, Maybe that's, well, you could Maybe get that's a, why a they DB coach. There's a DB coach out there or a D-line coach or linebacker coach that wants to move up. Wants to move even Maybe. Montreal. You can make a name of yourself going to Montreal, turning the defense at least, making them si- solid, and then going. You know what? I I need to get out of here. Somebody, please take me away from these guys. Isn't Ed Fillion coaching there? He, uh, you believe so? Yeah. Why not in move Montreal? Him up? Yeah. Why not move him up? I don't know. It would make more sense. I can't, it would stand make the way he put, I can't stand the way he played football, but he knows the CFL and he knows defense. Mm-hmm. He's a defensive line coach in Saskatchewan. Oh, in Saskatchewan? Okay, well, that would be a... They need a, defense, but... they, they need a, a defensive coordinator. Yep. Among other things... I don't even know of many experienced defensive coordinators out there, real. Really, mm-hmm. unless you do just hire from within. Maybe Cavus well, wants not, to be the defensive coordinator. You're not going to get a defensive coordinator to walk sideways to the same position. No, right? Yeah, it's not going to happen. But even just defensive coaches, former, like especially former. Okay, uh, I'm looking at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders website right now. Ed Filion is not part of the, the coaching staff. Oh, okay. The defensive line coach is a guy named Merritt Bowden. I think that the, the coordinator in, in Saskatchewan is going to be Jason Shivers. That's the oh, look. That they've been saying. Yeah, that just depends on who the coach is going to be coming in. We got 90 yeah. seconds left in here, so let's see what we're doing. <clears throat> okay. Saskatchewan needs a head coach. They need a defensive coordinator. Uh, Montreal hired their defensive coordinator. Uh, Toronto still does not have an offensive coordinator. Their head coach is a defensive guy. Corey Chamberlain's a defensive guy. So they yep. need a D, uh, an OC. They're, they're completely lost out there. Everybody else has got their coaching staff in play. We're getting close to the end of where this is acceptable. Yeah. You know, if you've, if you've lost somebody, if La Police left Winnipeg to went, go to Saskatchewan, I understand Saskatchewan, Winnipeg not having that position filled. Chris Jones going out, I understand them not having the head coach in D.C. right now. I don't understand why there's not an offensive coordinator in Toronto. That makes no sense. Okay. I got to close out the show, guys. Let, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number three hundred and six. And Christopher Jones, your host, and uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you guys. We've got thirty seconds left of the show. Say goodbye quickly, Chris. Go. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next time, Mark. Good night, everybody. Talk to you next Wednesday. Charles, go quick.
Goodbye, guys. We'll talk to you next week. We'll close it off. Good night, everybody. See you next week.